You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hello, Riverdale gang. Hello, gang. Hello, gang. So nice to see you again. See, hear, hear us. So nice to be heard by you again. So nice to be heard by you. (laughs) Truly, truly, truly. Um, Ryan and I are doing what we did when I was in Philadelphia last year because I am on the road again. And uh, Mm -hmm. this time... On an island. Yes. uh, Vancouver Island. Perhaps you've heard of it. Um, Especially if you live in the lower mainland of British Columbia, which is where we are. We are... Normally, we are recording in Vancouver on unceded uh, Musqueam, Tsleil-Waututh, and Squamish territory. Um, But right now, I'm uh, kind of just outside Nanaimo in a neighborhood that's known as Cranberry Bright, which is basically all farms. I'm looking at some beautiful golden birch trees, which are growing next to uh, an apple orchard and some vegetable patches. And my my friends live here and have a lovely farm and a very happy dog that likes to kill rabbits and eat them. You're in a thematic... We'll, we'll, we'll unpack the kill rabbits and eat them later. Um, you're in a thematically <laughs> appropriate location for today's episode, Chloe. Um, this small town where everything is meaningful and weighty. Oh boy. Yeah, so gang, um, we made a decision a few minutes ago, which is that we don't really feel comfortable talking over this episode. Um, it, to me, it would feel like talking during a funeral. It's basically a funeral, this episode. Yeah, it's a fascinating media funeral, and I'm excited to talk about what that means. Um, hey, Chloe, did we introduce ourselves today? No, we didn't introduce ourselves. It's been, like a, it's been, it's like been a... a month. It's been months. It's been months. Truly. <laughs> Who are you? Uh, I am Ryan. I am Ryan Karen, and yourself? I am Chloe Packer. Here we are, and together. This is the Riverdale Gang Podcast. Uh, usually a watch-along, listen-along, uh, commentary, critical commentary, Um with queer feminist perspectives uh, from a bunch of nerdy Canadians. Uh, but today, just a little different, because this is a very li- different episode, the start of this season, but also the end of last season. Um, it- it's like a very special in-between episode, really. Yeah. Yeah, so if you're joining us for the very first time, and this is your very, very first episode of Riverdale... Um, go watch reason. a different episode. Yeah, go watch a different 100%. episode. 100%. If this yeah. is your first Riverdale gang, however, I mean, well, also a weird one. <laughs> also a weird one. Basically, what I wanted to do was catch everyone up on why we're choosing not to watch um, this episode, just in case you've been like living in Siberia for the last year and have decided to sit down in front of Netflix now that you're back in North America and watch Riverdale. Oh, um, yes, yes. And you've forgotten all of the news because news goes fast these days news does go fast these days um so there have been three seasons of riverdale the show um they're all shot where ryan and i live most of most of it is shot where ryan and i live and yeah and um uh very sadly last year partway through the season the actor that plays archie andrew's dad um the character's name is fred andrews and the actor's name is luke perry passed away very suddenly of a stroke he was quite young uh for that kind of death in my opinion he was 52 and um he is much loved and much missed by um the riverdale cast and crew as far as i understand as well as um the different lives he touched in his professional life as a as an actor um and so uh my understanding is that he passed um at a time in the plot where they couldn't have honored him appropriately. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so they did that with this episode. So this in this episode, um, Archie, spoilers, this is a very spoiler-heavy podcast. <laughs> yeah, um, we're, Ar- we're, we're going to jump right on in with that. Yeah, Archie's dad dies, and... Um, it deal. does feel it does feel like a big catharsis episode, basically, for everyone on the show. Yeah. Um, for me <clears> as an <throat> audience member, I was surprised how emotionally effective uh, this episode was. The, hmm. the technique of it, the framing, the little nuances um, of how grief in a small town was written. Um, you know when things feel completely separate from your own life, but that could also be your own life. Um, that that was very well captured this week for me. Um, not just the feelings, but familiar grieving. That's interesting. So for reference, Ryan, you grew up in a small town. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A, a much yeah. small, a much smaller town than Riverdale, really. Population thirty eight. <laughs> I, I mean, small. there's other towns just down the highway where there's actually stores, but still, like, thousand people, give or take, uh, per town max. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, the only reason um, I, I bring that up is because Ryan can speak with some authority on what grief in a small town is like. <laughs> <laughs> um, everyone showing up was like, oh yeah. It's not that everyone in the small town literally will line the, the streets for every funeral, but, um... The campfire scene in particular, I had a real deja vu moment. Um, I remember being 17 and having like a loss in our community and everyone just showing up and having a spontaneous campfire. Like, that's what you do. You go hang out at a one person's house and community gathers. Like that was exactly right. Um, and then I felt sad, but good sad, catharsis sad. Wow, that's really interesting. Thanks for sharing that. I think in I think in urban centers like like the one I'm in, like I think grief is very isolating in a lot of ways. Mm. Like there, there isn't really like the one sort of big loss that I would say like my community, my small community within the very big community of Vancouver. Oh, very big, mm-hmm. comparatively big. <laughs> um, uh, in Vancouver, like a lot of it happened on social media or happened like one-on-one in phone calls or mm-hmm. in messaging mm-hmm. and in texts. Like I, it fell to me to tell quite a number of people about the death and it was all like phone calls you know what I mean I didn't like drive over and tell them right whereas literally I remember like this person's uh at a doctor's appointment we need to go meet them to tell them in person that's 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 a small town thing that's I think still pretty norm although I don't know how much has changed in the last 10-ish years of technology in how grieving grieving is done um, throwing, dropping your phone. That was like, ah, okay. I'm jumping right into the episode. Basically. Are we, what's our, do we have more preamble? Do we have more to talk to the gang before we start analyzing? We're kind of analyzing. We're, we're, we're in analyzing. I would say, I think if we have any catch up to do about our summers and like what direction this podcast is going <laughs> to take, it, it can wait until the end. Yeah. So the episode. Um, the episode, yeah. yeah. So I actually had a very different reaction to Ryan. Um, I found that this episode left me quite emotionless. Um, and that's not because I didn't... Ryan is doing this terrifying thing, by the way, with his licking his teeth as he's looking into I, the camera. <laughs> I forgot that you have the video and I don't. I 100% <laughs> forgot that. I have, like, blueberry in my teeth. 
That's amazing. I'm really so, delighted. So, so, so back to grief instead of my teeth. <laughs> Um, um, I had a very like emotionless, um, reaction. And I think, I think the reason for that is because I am very like cautious about how, um, Hollywood and television handles grief and handles Mm. legacy. I'm very cautious Mm -hmm. about it. And I think, and don't get me wrong. I think, um, by and large, people have been really, really respectful of Luke Perry's family and his death and, like, all the, all the processes around that. Um, but to sort of watch a fake death when we all kind of really knew what we were talking about, mm. um, even though I don't think they could have done it any other way, personally mm. made me feel very emotionally disconnected. Mm-hmm. Uh, question. Is this the first time an actor has died on a show that you follow closely? Um, that's a really good question. I uh, don't know the answer to that. Hmm. I, oh, I remember uh, very, yeah, very distinctly both Glee and uh, I, I wasn't a fan, but John uh, of the show, but John Ritter's passing. Um, I remember like. Yeah, like the how this show handled it is, I think, very distinct to how other shows have done. But there is, it's an interesting recent legacy of Hollywood coping with sudden deaths. Um, sorry, I cut you off. You were you were re- reacting to my question. No, that's okay. That's okay. Um, I um, I I'm mostly my like if if actors have passed in the middle of something that I have been following, it is usually as a fan of a movie actor. Um, so like Philip Seymour Hoffman's death stayed with me for a number of days Um, like past days it it stayed with me for a very long time Um, Mm. and um, Christopher Lee's death even though he was ancient Mm. (laughs) and was had had a long and varied and full life Christopher Lee's rest yeah Christopher Lee's rest (laughs) after a very long day um, uh, hit me pretty hard and um, uh, deaths of uh, actors in shows that I have watched the entirety of, uh, like Ron mm. Glass's death, I'm a huge Firefly fan, um, mm-hmm. that affected right. me. But it's right. never been in media res, for sure. Mm. It's been in media res for these people's lives, but not in the middle of a show. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel as though I'm forgetting someone, and... We've had I mean, a long podcast. It'll come back to you. We're yeah, going to be well, talking about death for a while. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm thinking of like, <laughs> I'm thinking of 2016, which is referred to as the year of celebrity deaths. Ron Glass oh, yeah, died that yeah. year. Um, mm-hmm. I also, I also lost my friend that year, so that's partly why I, the death I was referring to earlier, why I had to make the phone call. So that year sticks mm-hmm. out for me, and the deaths like in close proximity to her death at the end of the year. Right, really right. stick out for me and I think had like more of an impact because I had just lost someone that I was close to. Right, yeah, the the echoes of grief. Um, <clears throat> it's a compound yeah. feeling sometimes. Absolutely. So to answer your question, no, I don't think, it, it's not like partway through Lord of the Rings, like Elijah Wood died. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that kind of death would have like, yeah. I would have been 13 at the time, I would have been completely broken. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or like partway through, I mean, actually we, we lost, um, 
uh, the first Dumbledore. I've just forgotten his name. Wonderful, famous Richard Harris. Richard yes. Harris, wonderful, oh, wonderful right. Irish actor whose work I had been I had been watching before then. My parents were like big movie snobs, so I'd seen like very old Richard, <laughs> Richard Harris movies <laughs> before Mom before I. Yeah, before I sat down in seventh grade in front of um, in front of Harry Potter, so that affected me pretty deeply, I would mm-hmm. say. Um, yeah, and I, I remember that as a, as a kid, essentially. Yeah. By like the way, that, I just want to different... ap- I just want to apologize to our listeners. I think the heat has just come on in the in the bedroom that I'm sitting in. It's possible there's a little bit more ambient <laughs> zhuzhing, so you're going to hear a difference between the quality of Ryan's voice and mine. I'm sorry. It's uh, it's 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 sound flavor the the sounds of the beautiful farm and the rabbit eating dog yeah anyway i spent a long time answering ryan's question and i think ryan has some things to say to share actually about following shows that have lost young actors in particular do i i don't know what i have to share i mean um i found myself very specifically not thinking about these like broader past experiences as I dug into this episode um, I felt myself quite enmeshed in this episode um, so I guess I, I I raised the point because I'm I'm curious more what you were thinking about because I was actually really not thinking about out of Riverdale examples I was very in this episode um, not non-analytically just presently and emotionally that's interesting. Um, I um, I think I spent most of the episode worried, like, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. I think that's mm-hmm. partly why I was so disconnected is I, I, I mean, like, I trust the makers of Riverdale not to be bad people. <laughs> um, yeah, not by to and be large. Taste, tasteless. Yes exploitive jerks yes yes and so the whole time I was like but I also felt like I was seeing a lot of young actors most of whom are younger than me in particular KJ Apa who's like you know 10 years my junior like you know he's to me not he's not a kid he's he's a man but he like is someone who when they lost someone who's a lot older at the moment I would just like want to give them a big hug you know what I mean like like want to love on them kind of big big sibling them you know and yeah, so, like, yeah, he seems like a kid to me in that, like, the the younger junior members of the university clubs kind of a way. Like, yes, absolutely. And so I felt like, to be honest, watching this episode, I felt like I was trespassing on all these these kids. You know, a lot of them are my age. Ashley Murray, for example, is older than I am. Um, older than we are, I think. I think she's 31 or 32. <laughs> and um I felt a little like I was trespassing on on their private time together. And, mm-hmm. you know, maybe all these actors needed this episode to do some processing mm-hmm. um, or knew that it was necessary, basically, um, mm-hmm. in order to uh, make the make the show work. Mm-hmm. But I did I did feel I have to say the moment that like affected me the most emotionally was seeing Hermione in prison reading the obituary. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, yes, I agree. That was a punch one. Yeah, because um, I, 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 I forgot I've... about that until yes. that moment. Yes, I for I also forgot that. I think I interrupted you there. Sorry. Um, I, I also <laughs> forgot that she was, um, forgot that she was in prison, and then I remembered that she and Fred had had a little sizzle. Yeah, and like, like when, like I can't imagine an endgame sizzle. Potentially endgame like a... sizzle. Mm-hmm. 
And like, I found that um, I have found like moments in my life where I've been grieving, like the thing that sticks with me the most is like mm. moments where I felt their bodies close to mine. And mm. I have, it has yet to happen in my life that someone I have kissed or had sex with mm. has died. That hasn't happened to me yet. Right. So that punch of Hermione <clears throat> seeing, yeah, yeah, the romantic partner loss. Yeah, it's not even so much romantic partner loss as, like, the, this body that I was really close to that I remember feeling warm and alive near mine mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. Um, is gone. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that, that feels pretty big. That closeness of bodies, I think, is what gets to me a little bit about death and about grief. So, like, mm. imagining Hermione, like, alone... <laughs> I mean, she's very privileged. I get it. It's a television show. But imagining this, like, character alone in prison, Mm -hmm. reading her ex-boyfriend's obituary and just being able to remember him. Mm -hmm. Ugh, like, that really got me. Interestingly, totally different spot, um, totally different place, um, but in the same montage, uh, Alice reading and, and being caught off guard because she's not in Riverdale. Oh, right. That caught me. Um, surprise death. That's, 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 that's what, that jumped out at me as well a lot. Her reaction is powerful. Um, I, like, in, in, in a very brief moment, both of those actors <clears throat> gave us a really distinct beat of emotion, a very distinct, a, a very uh, unique and powerful reaction. I really enjoyed, appreciated that. Enjoyed is, it's hard to say enjoyed with a death episode, right? Absolutely, felt, yeah. Um, I really felt. I, for, I forgot that we didn't know where Alice is. Yeah, that that shot of her was the closest to plot we got all, all episode. Yeah, and even I even appreciated the shot of Hiram, who, like, is not a character I like and mm-hmm. I think is not really a character that cared about Fred. Mm-hmm. He still got that very male like, oh man, like that's a big bummer kind of look on his face, which I think for that character is appropriate. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, seeing the whole community grieve in appropriate tears uh, was powerfully well done, I thought. Um, criticisms of the episode. Uh, Jason's corpse... Yeah, and I'm not into whatever this plot line is. I'm just so not into it. I, I'm like, I'm holding my breath waiting. You know when you're like, I'm, I'm about to yell. I'm about to yell at y'all. Stop me. Stop me if I'm wrong. <laughs> That's where I'm at with the creators as far as whatever the hell is happening with Jason and Cheryl. Because What? I don't like it. To BH, I loved her costume, and I love the way the scene of her coming down the the hall and then coming into the room was lit. Mm-hmm. Like I love the like mm-hmm. I love the like very like morning glow kind of like aspect to it, and that beautiful like white robe. Like I loved all that, but then, no, I. <laughs> yep. Yep. Just like nope me out of this plot line ASAP. This is one of the reasons I was not excited about this season. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they better do something real, real smart next week with that, with whatever the 
hell that is. Uh, because that's, I'm, I'm giving side eye. I'm giving yeah, such huge. strong side eye about that. Huge. Um, I don't have any other huge criticisms this episode, but I, that. Yeah, there were a couple things that kind of stuck for me, like the mm. scene where they're bringing the hearse into town. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Tony has this baby on her hip. Yep, I had that reaction as well. It's probably J- JJ's and Polly's. I oh yeah oh that's what baby it is. Okay, yep. I just couldn't. My, oh right, my brain did that exact <laughs> same thing. The hey, where'd that baby come from, Tony? Uh, and then I remembered that Cheryl has a niece and a nephew. Right, and she only got one of them, right? The other one's off somewhere with Polly. Remember? Yep. Remember Mama yep. Mama yep. Blossom? Yeah, Penelope? Pre- yep, Penelope bought one baby and a Betty and... Oh yeah, and then Betty's dad died. Thank you, show, for acknowledging that uh, in a timely and appropriate manner. Um, I really, really appreciated the beat of... Betty being a super supportive friend quietly on the side and then just alone with no community to grieve with. That shot, that fabulous shot of Betty in the forest at her dad's grave, uh, her dad's vandalized grave, was actually, I think, an amazing counterpoint to the Fred celebration, to the drive-in, her scene. I agree. Um, I also really love that scene and I thought that was a very elegant, no dialogue way of acknowledging like like the the families of people who do evil things are often like pretty lonely after they die or go to prison mm-hmm. because no one no one wants to grieve with them like no one wants to sit in that horrible place and like yeah. i i say that with empathy but like i don't know if i could do it you know what i mean mm-hmm. i would like to think i could i would like to think i could like sit with a serial killer's daughter and be like hey like i see you this is complicated for you, but, like, I don't know if I could, you know what I mean? But I think it's a nice acknowledgement of um, the the family and friends of villains are often alone. Yeah. Well, it, it to me, it really was critical that they didn't forget Betty's parallel experience. But they also didn't need to give it any more screen time than that uh, for what this episode was. Um, yeah, grieving alone versus grieving with community are hugely different psychological processes. Um, Yeah. Grieving alone Um, is really hard in comparison. Confusing. Yeah, I would imagine um, that grieving alone is hard. I've never had to do it. (laughs) Seeing Betty's... um, That scene punched punched really well for me in that everything we've just seen Archie go through, Betty's like two months out of just as weighty a process with not a single moment of comfort and community, with no family, without her mom, with all that just gone. Um, Yeah. Just um, something about that shot, there was... And it, there's a, a, a notable depth. I noticed the trees, the spectacular, huge trees um, around this grave. Just like something was so visually striking to me about the 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 very small 
person standing at this very big grave in a very big empty forest as being just just poignant interesting yeah um uh, on a similar note, one thing I think I did find very affecting about the episode, and possibly part of the reason I kind of felt a bit cold watching it, was um, I was watching all these people grieve in, uh, like, homes that looked familiar, mm. in a backdrop that looked familiar. Like, there's a scene where, I forget which moment it is, actually, but you can see the skyline. Um, and I looked and I was like, oh, I recognize those mountains. Those are my mountains. Like, that's, uh, that's my home. These people are grieving at, the, grieving at the mountains I grieve at. You know, and that, I think that was like, there was a little possessiveness. I was like, well, this is a television show. You don't get to do that. You know right. what I mean? Right. Well, um, like, some of our, like, our beautiful nature is deeply meaningful to us who go on hikes and process our feelings and live there. Yeah. Yeah, and there's also a cultural component to that. Like there mm. like this this land has been witness to um uh colonialism obviously and that's um if you if if you believe that the land feels things and the land remembers and I the jury's out for me on that one. Um this land embodies um you know the spirits of all those deaths and all that hurt and hardship and sorrow. And sometimes seeing it in sometimes seeing it in television mm -hmm. gets my back up, it's, and I know that's a weird mm -hmm. I know that's a weird thing to say. Like movies are shot everywhere in the world. Every land has a history of grief, <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't I don't really feel possessive about it. I just like I remember during the show being like, "Do you know where you are? Like, do you know where you are? Mm -hmm. Do you know who else is grieved here?" It was a really weird experience. It's really hard to put my finger on. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, do you know that I'm here? Do you know that there are other deaths here? Mm -hmm. I don't know. It was a really, it was a weird reaction to have. I completely acknowledge that it was like a very nonsensical reaction to have to the episode. Uh, it's quite an interesting, distinct one. Um, but also, I mean, I, I, if the show, if this episode, if this show was not giving you, uh, the viewer, emotional beats that you recognized, and instead left you to recognize the setting... I mean, that, that is itself interesting to me. Um, like, no, you know, no episode processing something very personal is going to be for every audience member. But I, I, just, I find it very interesting how differently you and I connected with this particular piece. There's, there was so much I recognized, and it sounds like there was not a lot that you could recognize or that felt familiar and ends like I'm not surprised that the you know in, a, in, a, in an episode that is all about evoking deep empathetic emotion I'm, I'm not surprised that you found the deep connection to this the, the place for lack of other offers if that makes sense yeah, I mean, it, there were definitely moments in it I found really affecting, like poor Jughead trying to write the obituary. Oh yeah. Like if if someone said to if someone said to me, "Would you please write my dead parents' obituary?" I'd be like, um. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I found like, and then his dad reading it and his dad being so moved, you know, like I thought that was a, a nice connection to make. And. Um, 
I think I think the other thing is that I I I found myself reflecting quite a bit on the cult of celebrity actually Ooh. in this Ooh. in this episode because like for example imagine Amic like a small nation follows her on Instagram mm-hmm. um and um you know Lily Reinhardt who's just released a book of poetry I want to mention um, kudos to you um, Lily I love poetry I'm excited to read it um, uh, like Lily Reinhardt and Cole Sprouse's relationship is like very much the topic of speculation and nosiness in the media and so every time like I see them on screen together as a couple in this show I, you know, I think of that, and uh, I I think of um, and like of course this this I think the my big my big sort of emotional disconnection from this episode really is that it's a big proxy episode basically for another grief and another death, mm-hmm. and so and so I found that I read a lot of the proxies basically in the episode, mm. right. the proxy it's- funeral, the proxy romantic relationship, um, the the you know the unceded land standing in for like the american midwest you know what i mean <laughs> like um the american flag on the front of a house that looks like it's in Tawasson or like yep. langley you know what i mean like yep. like i like i i found i note I, that's it that's what i'm hitting on i found i noticed the proxies more than what was happening for the characters mm. that's the disconnect that's what was going on for me interesting yeah yeah I, and it, yeah. it's 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 that's unremovable in in this piece of culture. In that you know we've we've built uh, we've built the cult around the entertainment makers, and now we now this is what we reap. Uh, weird, conflicting, multi-layered emotional experiences, because we invested a heck of a lot into all these people who we don't know but who we watch closely. A lot. Yeah, yeah, that's totally it. That's exactly it. Mm. Um, and yeah, um, I I feel as though I've beaten a dead horse a bit with this episode. Bad choice of expression. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Sorry, I mean, because this, I just this... I like. This isn't an episode that needs a blow-by-blow in the same way I think most of the episodes benefit from a blow-by-blow because we're not looking at a standalone episode in a tightly plotted uh, season arc. We're looking at a singular relic that um, that will be studied, that will be um, one of few examples of a, of a high-popular American television show with an act of death, um, like this, this is a, a really uncommon thing, um, and this episode stands alone, uh, not not only in its uh, in what it achieves for the world in in world and what it achieves for the um, you know the celebrity culture and the audience catharsis, but also um, it there, this is a little bit of a TV history thing as well. It's not common that a show has to maneuver through such a, a narrow and tricky situation and how this episode dealt with it um i think is is distinct and and yeah 
I don't know. It's... Yeah. One thing I really liked about the episode is it didn't shy away. You know, like it dealt. Yeah. Right into the yeah. grief. It dove in. Um, yeah. They managed to make... Uh, to give weight and space for deep, big feelings in a show that is usually very melodramatic. I thought they did a very good job of carving out space for uh, a more authentic emotional experience designated big feel space, separate from the melodrama that came before and that will come after. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also want to just uh, kudos the the cinematography in general this episode um, was really striking to me. I thought there were a very there were a lot of very um, just carefully planned visual moments more than I, I want to say more than usual because this is an episode that was so precious with a, with a lot. Um, that had to be so precious. Um, but just the very careful cuts in cinematography, it felt so smooth. And um, and it paced Archie's emotions at times. Um, the the running hand cam, steady cam, as he approached uh, the hit-and-run driver's house, I thought, like, particularly... Uh, effectively followed his mood and his emotions going all over the place um, in a show that's generally very still steady multi-angle um, yeah they, they followed along nicely with the emotional journey with with the visuals and with uh, with a range with a cinematic range of, of visual choices I thought they they jumped around in style uh, as the mood evolved and grew and and so really supported that well this episode. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. There's um, I'm thinking particularly of the of the um, the shots of the people driving um, of Archie and um, mm -hmm. of Veronica in the front seat of the hearse, and then um, uh, uh, Betty loved that she was driving, by the way, and Jughead in the truck, like the sun coming through the windshield. And like how it lit up KJ Apa's face, I really liked like the way those scenes in particular were composed. Mm -hmm. I liked those a lot. And those those are the scenes we couldn't talk over as well. I think those particular scenes, the the long language yeah. visual sit with the feeling scenes, Betty's Betty's private grave visit scenes. Th this episode used silence and strong still visuals quite often. Um, yeah, it yeah. There were, a lot of the, the the artistry helped us sit in focus with, with yeah. that feeling. Like, the show took time to breathe with those feelings and then put the artistry and the design work behind and underneath that to... to um, like, I felt like the show... This episode gave us a lot of space in a, in a really interesting way. Yeah, totally. Totally. Mm -hmm. I feel that. I hear what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess all it leaves for us to say really is uh, we'll, we'll miss you, Luke Perry, and I'm glad that you're mm -hmm. honored by the show and the work you were doing, and I'm uh, lot big condolences to your family, and, you know, you'll live on in your kids. Yeah. And Catch you on the flip side. <laughs> that Yeah, uh, that was a very nice tribute episode. 
Yeah. So, gang. Okay. Uh, what else we do in season four? Oh, boy. That, um, so that wasn't really the season premiere. Really. That, that no. was so <laughs> not the season premiere. And that, and I think that was good and smart and well done. Because I didn't want any plot. The little bit of plot, the Jason Blossom that they gave me, I did not want it today. I am not, I'm not having any of it. Uh, so next week. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, to be honest, gang, like, at the end of last season, I was like, I don't know if I want to be in this anymore. Like. Yeah, we, we talked about retirement. Um, we're going to put that off another week at least, because we want to see what the plot is and what the tone and mood of the show this season actually is. Um, I think there's, there's going to be a thesis statement episode that's what i'm banking on uh telling us what's happening uh mood wise what genres are up in the air um i guessed how to get get away with murder last season but we'll see they've had a summer to ponder um yeah but yeah we don't want to be we don't want to avoid or hide the fact that we this show is in its fourth season and not all fourth season shows are striking and new and exciting, needing weekly commentary um, <laughs> that we have to offer. So we're going to see if we have something to offer next week um, and what that episode kind of gives us. And um, yeah, if it has the hooks and the content and the new excitement for us to keep doing this weekly. Um, yeah. Because we're both, we're both busy, artsy nerds. Both, uh, I'm personally in... The, the in three weeks out from deep deep burnout so i'm feeling great about taking on new projects as one always does freshly recovered from deep deep burnout but um uh yeah we're gonna see about the feasibility of delivering the the sort of episodes we've committed to and if we can continue to be excited and have something of use to say yeah, um, and don't get me wrong, like, I, I care a lot about these characters now, and I will definitely be watching the show, even if we're not doing the podcast. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, also, I, uh, uh, I also, completely unrelated, want to shout out for any Riverdale fans in the, um, in the lower mainland, this coming Saturday, the 12th, in the evening, there is a combined Riverdale and Sabrina <laughs> burlesque coming uh, to yeah. the Rio. I don't know anything about it, but I saw the cast, and boy, howdy, there's, they've got some real power players with Vancouver burlesque scene in it, so go see it. Your host is Jughead narrating the whole thing, except, except Jughead is played by one of the more spectacular headliner nerdless performers in town, Sasha Smolders. Um, Sasha! Yeah, uh, I I missed the. This is this is like their second or third. This is their second, I think. Riverdale. I think it's their. I think so. it's their second time as Jughead, and yeah. man, Sasha is one of these gifted performers that can be so like grungy, gross male one second, and then just like mega babe, glamour puss femme the next, and mm -hmm. everything in between. And you need uh their KJ anyway. Appa is a burlesque performer I've worked with frequently. Draco Muffboy, he is a spectacular yeah. performer. He's been our Luke Skywalker at Geek Enders for going on seven years. And boy, does he look good as a redhead. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Woof. <laughs> there's a neat, weird little nerd scene in the Lower Mainland, y'all. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, other shout-outs I wanted to do. Speaking of KJ Apa, I saw him in The Hate You Give, which is a wonderful, mm. wonderful, wonderful movie. And he has a role that he is very well-suited to. Um, and he was good. It was, like, a solid movie. He turned in a good performance. Um, I was, like, very very excited about that movie so i recommend everyone go see that um shout out to um vanessa morgan who got engaged over the summer yay good for her um lily reinhardt wrote a book of poetry lily reinhardt was also in hustler also in hustlers which i haven't seen yet but it has lizzo in it i (laughs) I saw it by accident i saw it in a hey uh, I want to go see a movie, friends, uh, and it it wound up being the one film that neither of us had seen that we both wanted to see, and it was good. I d- was delighted. Lily Reinhardt is a delightful little supporting side character who gets a lot of screen time and um, plays almost like the parody Betty Cooper a little bit. But J Lo is amazing. Uh, J Lo's pole dancing, mm, mm. Constance Wu is a spectacular. Uh, character actor. Um, I've I've never seen Constance Wu do this type of character or work, or um, I was really really impressed. But yeah, Lily Reinhardt was also there. <laughs> <laughs> and Lizzo. <laughs> and Lizzo. Lizzo does not get enough screen time, but Lizzo uh, makes amazing use of her screen time in that film. Great. I definitely want to go see it. I have a pal who's a sex worker who hasn't seen it, who was like, mm, I don't know how good that movie is going to be, mm. but. What I say is I'm going to go see it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, it's very much not about... Yeah, it... Mm. Actually, I, I I have some reins to pick <laughs> before I yeah, say fair, anything same. more. I have learning to do, but I liked it. Any, anyway, I just really wanted to get all, all that kind of news from, like, the Riverdale universe adjacent, basically, out yeah. into the podcast, because all that stuff is, like, so cool, the burlesque, and then all the other stuff the cast is doing, like, it's just exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see with next week's episode Ooh. if we continue, essentially. Yeah. The, uh, that said, we will be back next week to uh, deconstruct the hell out of whatever they throw us. So we'll hear no you'll hear we'll be back (laughs) (laughs) what what sent whichever sensory organ you use to process this podcast we'll be up in it next week a little bit (laughs) great um thank you for uh joining us for this uh for this episode um and we'll see you next week and see what the content creators of Riverdale throws at us I'm ter- equal parts terrified and delighted and and confused because it's Riverdale yeah. gang <laughs> nice button to end on this has been Riverdale gang I'm Chloe I'm Ryan see you next see week. you next week see you next week <laughs>